0: Hi folks, this is Adriana A. Wallace and you have joined me in the life room. Thank you for joining. This podcast is a podcast around um, our philosophies on dating and more than anything else, our philosophy on dating, but our judgment of how people date. Um, I belong to a group on Facebook. And it's a relatively private group. There's probably about 80 of us. I have a background in lifestyle, coaching, and goal attainment. And so I encountered many of the people, great people, that are involved in this page on Facebook through the work that I did there and a lot of one-on-one work that I did with them in groups and um, coaching that I did with them as individuals. And we are a bunch of people who many of us have not only become um, friends, but we some of us have met offline, I've had symposiums and whatnot, and so we're quite familiar. And the people have come and gone. We've even lost people. People have died out of the group. The group is about seven years old. And what I find more than anything else is that there's a great deal of vulnerability in the group. Folks post uh, where I can see and certainly where those connected to them can see their thoughts and their philosophies on a host of things, whether it's family life, things that they're dealing with personally or professionally, uh, psychically, psychologically or physically. And uh, one of the most recent posts that I saw was by a woman who is in the business of studying um, to become a social counselor in her own right, and she's in college for that. And she had a post that talked about dating and what she saw going on on the dating scene and where she had learned her values of dating and how pretty much disgusted she was about the way people went about dating. She uh, noted the lack of courtship and noted what she was taught about courtship and expressed in writing judgments about how people are effectively laying down with other people who they don't actually know and the oddity of expecting any good outcome from that. And so there's a lot of valid points that she made, but I pressed her and I pressed her and I pressed her for feedback that would allow her to share with me and get down to the deeper roots and share with all the people who are on that newsfeed, seeing that post why it is that she had such passion that could be construed as negative around people who made decisions to be at have one night stands or sleep with someone they don't know very well. And I wanted her to go beyond the obvious. And the one thing that I will say is that I've touched on this subject in different ways on various podcasts. Um, There's a podcast specifically on sex, which speaks to values and speaks to philosophy and speaks to metaphysics that I did. And that's posted on SoundCloud. There um, are things about or podcasts about angry women, damaged men, um, the sacred feminine, the divine masculine, all of those things. And I really thought about all of those teachings that I had put on podcast over the years and tied it back to kind of her expression of, for lack of a better expression, disgust around what dating appeared to be now. And so I get it. I get it that, you know, all relationships are challenged, all relationships are things that we think require people who are partners. And the one thing I am really conscious of as I evaluate experiences in other people's relationships outside of me is to figure out my own empathy issues, you know, to figure out what it is that other people do that trigger me, where it is that I feel safe and unsafe, what things make me feel safe and unsafe, And what would allow me to tirade or react in a very vibrant way about what it is I hear or see about other people, and particularly about the sex lives of other people? And I think that that's part of the greater problem. You know, there are a lot of textbook scenarios that we can decide to be or not be a part of. Um, We can also decide that people who do certain things, adults upon adults, that they are not bad people. And we can also surmise that sometimes when things seem really odd and we blatantly know from our moral compass that they're wrong, we can also choose to evaluate that there are a lot of people who come to the learning and way of being that they are and execute in the way that they execute and engage with others in the way that they engage, especially sexually, because horrible things may have happened to them. And those things impact their psychology, their mentality, their spirituality, how it is they interact physically and, you know, what jeopardy they may put themselves in or their partners in as the case may be. And so what I'm careful to do is that where someone is not subjecting me to abuse or someone else to abuse, I silently watch and I, and I, and I watch and I listen and I learn and I exercise my empathy. I understand that there are people who want to be connected to each other because they're familiar to each other. Why not? While not knowing each other at all, they're familiar in that they don't take the necessary steps that people may think are, we know are the steps to be taken to be safe Um, they obviously may think that what is actually traumatic to one is very normal and exciting for them. Some people have a thing called Stockholm Syndrome. They're in abusive and negative scenarios that have repeated and that have been consistent in their life and lifestyle. So when someone else calls them out on it, they don't even understand what it is you're reacting to because that's normal for them. So you space that out and you realize that it's not something you so much have to talk about. These are the same people who have associations with pornography that fall off the grid in other aspects of their life. They have obsessions with things like strippers and um, slanted lifestyles amongst men and women. Um, they subscribe to those same things on social media and elsewhere. And this really all shows that their values as a man and, or as a woman is, is just different from yours. It doesn't say that they're lesser than you. Their values are different. Their behaviors are results of the reflection on the traumas that they've encountered, the love that they encountered or the absence thereof. All men and women aren't necessarily one way. And everyone has the opportunity and deserves the opportunity to really choose their lifestyle and to choose their story. The way you protect yourself is you manifest your own truth by living your own truth. And if you are attracting people who are of a particular lifestyle that is not well regarded by you. You simply have to just once state who it is that you are and establish your boundaries and you won't have to deal with any of that. A lot of these challenging relationships and the way that people seem to just slam into each other sexually, a lot of the reasons why that is happening is because a lot of these relationships are based on filling something empty and the intimacy is not necessarily intimacy. It's sex that can appear as intimacy. And it's also the way that people avoid dealing with and resolving issues that they may have. Greater issues, addiction issues, of issues of sexual abuse, things that are highly impacting on who they are in a particular relationship. And so they probably decide not to have relationship, but just to have physical encounters. And that's a choice that grown men and women make. And it's most horrible when that happens, if that person or those people have another person, a third party, thinking that the level of intimacy, the commitment that they have with them is different than what it is. But what I find is that people who engage in highly promiscuous sexual behavior tend to be people who were sexually abused or sexually assaulted. And that creates for them relationship challenges. All relationships require work from both parties. So it's important to require that, to, to understand that these relationships and all relationships require time, effort, and commitment. And when people haven't seen that in their lives or their own sexual experiences do not involve that, do not involve hard work, where what they know and their norm is heartache and distress, it's easy for them to separate their emotional intellect from the dexterity of their body. It's very easy for them to separate that. So the benefit of partners talking, getting to know each other, courting, sharing interests, working together on hobbies, you know, meeting each other's families, discovering difficulties where they may arise and addressing those difficulties together That doesn't happen. And that mindful way of existing does not happen when people are traumatized or come from a history of abuse. The impact of sexual abuse is what we're seeing in the way that a lot of people relate, in the way that a lot of people can, you know, say, you know, there's no courtship, there's no getting to know you. Because sexual abuse has nothing to do with getting to know another person. And the impact that that has on a grown man and woman and on their relationships is is never good. Everyone is different. A man will often try to find his own way to deal with an experience of sexual abuse and will work really hard to limit its impact on his life and relationships by you know, subscribing to a machismo type of thing. Whereas a woman may become highly promiscuous, um, highly histrionic, or will shy away completely. Um, It seems more distressing in our society to hear that a man has been sexually abused than it is to hear that a woman or girl has been sexually abused. or to to even hear that a boy has been sexually abused. But the truth of the matter is, is that sometimes this information is what we all need when we are looking at the way that other people relate or interrelate to each other sexually, and we're casting judgment. Some of the behaviors that we see and that we are observing are the outward behaviors of people who've been jumped into their sexual experiences without courtship. So there are a number of ways that people who have experienced sexual abuse, be it in their childhood or sexual assault, be it in their childhood or adulthood, there's a number of ways that they behave. And promiscuity is part of it, but they have a tendency to avoid certain types of people and certain types of places and certain situations that may require them to do the work. They'll leave the room. They're not comfortable in with common ways of courtship or dating or establishing relationships. That may seem distressing or strange to them because they weren't normalized in that way. These same people are people that. You know, I have a friend who went through something as a child and she told me she never slept a good night, that bad dreams, being preoccupied, dating a lot of men, juggling a lot of men helped her to space out and to separate herself from that really traumatic experience of her youth and a traumatic experience where when it was revealed to the people who were supposed to protect her, she had no protection. So they are trying very hard to not relive their past by folding into something that actually feels like their past. And then as an adult folding in thinking that they have control because this time it's two consenting adults versus someone not consenting. But the truth is, is that you're probably dealing with two people who are dealing with their own flashbacks, their own nightmares, and they're coupling. And that really is their business. They're coupling. And so when you see that, and it's distressing to you, um, you just need to understand that you don't need to have a mood swing about it. That's a common thing for them, those people that are managing to their own promiscuity. What you need to do is not be jumpy, not be preoccupied with that, but you need to live well for yourself because the truth of it and the, the most empath- empathetic thought that I have is that those behaviors that don't make sense, those self-defeating behaviors, those problematic behaviors include other things. It may include abuse of alcohol or drugs, gambling, workalism, overexercising, overspending, overeating, or consuming too little food. There's a lot of complex rituals and things that go into people showing you that they don't believe in a way of being in society or they don't practice a way of being in society that may seem moral or correct or the right way to go for others. So each person makes a decision about how it is that they date. And the truth of the matter is that dating and courtship are two very, very different things. And that's the thing about the word dating. It literally is about limitations. It limit it is about a a a finite amount of time. You know, whereas courtship is about Examining the wide range of the world and the person that you are, and allowing that other person to present the wide range of the person that they are. And so, there is a unique difference between dating and courtship. So, we should be careful with our language and understand that modern day dating sometimes includes or doesn't include sex, but the timing is often short and people are like getting in where they fit in. And so, You know, definitively, you can choose. We can get a word set going. Do you date or are you interested in courtship? And when you establish what it is that you're interested in for yourself, you likely attract like people who are interested in the same thing. I also find that people who tend to have a negative response to certain things um, or that are really, really triggered or people who are resolved and recovered from bad experiences of the past. And they dislike seeing those behaviors around them or hearing about them um, or having anyone particularly close to them manifest those behaviors because it's harmful to them to have to remember who they once were. And it's unwelcome for them to have that presented to them. So, the behaviors that develop as a result of being sexually abused are some of these dating behaviors that we see. Um, The behaviors that develop in courtship are behaviors that are not unmanageable. They're not unwelcome for any man or woman because. They have well-developed mindsets around intimacy, around courtship, around developing a relationship. And they are not directly involved in anything that is harmful or self-harming or harmful to another person. It's not about whether or not you reside in an adult body or not. But please know that oftentimes the way that we see adults dating is a reflection of something in their adolescence in terms of how they learned about sex. And what you are likely to do best as a person, and I know what I do best as a person Is where I hear and I see things that do not align with my own values. I don't overstay my welcome. I acknowledge that each person has a right to choose their own story, to establish their trust where it is that they look to establish their trust. And I know that them and nobody else is responsible for their decision making as an adult. And I live my life according to my own values around intimacy and courting and And I don't impose my values on anyone else. I'm happy to share my narrative, happy to share my story, happy to divulge my philosophy. But the thing that I do best is I manage to my highest value and I spend more time calling in And living my truth and calling in the experiences I want as opposed to talking too much about the experiences that I don't. So that's it. I just wanted to share that. My philosophy on what dating and courtship is and the differences and how and why they're different. I hope it blesses you. Thank you for joining me in the life room. Namaste.